Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile Up the Podcast. This is episode 185 called Katie and Ryan. Hello, Infertile AF listeners. This is Blair Nelson over at Fab IVF Mama on Instagram and the host of the Fab Fertility Podcast. I am also Allie's business partner and partner in crime. During the pandemic, after we met through the podcasting world and over on Instagram, we decided to start a business together, Fertility Rally, which is an online membership and virtual events platform for anybody and everybody struggling with infertility to grow their families. So I'm here to invite you to join our membership. We open the first of every single month. And as a member, you can count on a very deep support system. We offer four weekly virtual support groups. We offer curated virtual events throughout the year private Facebook groups, and also our member website that is full of blog posts, videos, you name it. If you have a question about infertility, I promise you, you can find an answer from one of those avenues, whether it be the website, a support group or the Facebook group. Basically, it's what we wish we would have had when we were going in through infertility. And honestly, it just warms our hearts and it is our passion to help this community through podcasting and through Fertility Rally. So if you are looking to up-level your infertility support system, we are here for you. So don't forget, we open the first week of every month, just the first week, go to www.fertilityrally.com slash membership to join us. And you can use code infertileaf 10 for $10 off your annual membership or $10 off your first month. We really hope we can meet you soon over the internet to teach you how to rally like a mofo. Enjoy the show. This episode is supported by Receptiva DX. The Receptiva DX test can help couples struggling with unexplained infertility. Getting pregnant isn't easy, as so many of you know. Many couples struggle with infertility, and unexplained infertility can be particularly frustrating. Women facing unsuccessful IVF may not know that endometriosis is the underlying cause, a disease that can impact the success rates of IVF treatments and often has no symptoms. The Receptiva DX test can help identify endometriosis before an embryo transfer, and it has the potential to save women the stress, anxiety, and cost of multiple failed IVF attempts. The good news is multiple studies show treatment of women with a positive Receptiva DX test improves live birth outcomes by over 50%. Receptiva DX can detect all stages of endometriosis and help women make better decisions in planning for pregnancy. You can learn more at ReceptivaDX.com or download their app, which is also called Receptiva DX. Today's episode is sponsored by Be Busy, the number one party planning app. Be Busy was founded by mom of two, Layla Marshall, who struggled with the party planning process for various occasions. She wanted a safe and easy to use platform that quickly connected party throwers with various party vendors. Be Busy takes away the stress of planning while bringing your wildest party ideas to life. Whether it's a bridal shower, a bachelorette party, your dog's birthday party, Be Busy is the app to use. With Be Busy, you can search for vendors in your area and book in just three clicks, from cake bakers to DJs to florists and beyond. Be Busy is the trusted platform used by thousands. Party pros can create a business profile and be easily booked by searching clients. Interested in a little more hands-on help? 
Be Busy also offers in-house event planners to make sure you don't need to lift a finger. Check out Be Busy, that's B-E-E-B-I-Z-Y.com today to get started. Thanks, Be Busy. Okay, guys. So today we are talking to Katie and Ryan, who I met through Fertility Rally when Katie joined our Rally fam. And they're going to tell us all about having their baby, who is actually going to be here any minute now. They're talking about everything from unexplained infertility to five IUIs to Ryan's super sperm, as they call it, to miscarriage to the anxieties of pregnancy after loss and so much more. Ryan has also written a book called Finally, an Infertility Book for Dudes. And I want you guys to all go check it out because it's really good. It's funny. It's heartfelt. It's relatable. And it is very needed in this world. So without further ado, this is Katie and Ryan's infertility story. Katie and Ryan. Hello, guys. How are you? Good. Doing well. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for doing this. I've been really looking forward to this conversation. I love conversations with couples because I love to hear kind of mm-hmm. both sides of, you know, what's been going on. So let's start at the beginning with you guys. How did you get together? We met in college. Yeah. College party <laughs> at my, uh, at my house, uh, on campus back in our end of our sophomore year. So back on the uh, East coast, we're on the West coast now and met at college. And then you went home for the for the summer. Yep. And then we kind of kept well, talking, had a class we had next a class year. Together and we were research partners. Okay. We became more than research partners. <laughs> yeah, there uh-huh. you go. There All you right. Go. Wait, tell me more about this college party. My sophomore year of college, our house yeah. was pretty rowdy. We had, yeah. um, we had a 10 person house and it was two different group of friends that kind of came together and it melded well. So yeah, we had a pretty big party house and you had come, I had known your friends. Yeah. My friend brought me, I was kind of sad because I had like, gotten dumps and they were like you need to get out so I was like okay and then <laughs> I don't know what day of the week of it is but we yeah. were definitely we hanging Saturday. out I mean you can tell them what I was wearing oh he was wearing, like, this like um Jack Daniels, Jack Daniels t-shirt okay like basketball shorts and he had flip-flops wear it with socks on was, <laughs> oh, so it was it was that kind of laid-back drinking party okay <laughs> that's hot I think that's hot we, yeah. have, we have a picture from that. We night. do have a picture, we have yeah. a picture from that, night, which is pretty cool. Oh my I God. That's funny. I was instantly attracted to Ryan because he was so outgoing and funny. Mm-hmm. So I, I, even though the outfit was horrible, I was like, oh, who is this guy? Okay. So yeah. fast forwarding a bunch, when yeah. did you guys realize that you were going to end up together, get married, build a family and all that stuff? Probably after college, I would yeah. say. because Not the so night we, with the sandals and the no, jack sandals. Not, not the night. Not the no, night. No. I mean, so many people, you see so many people with college relationships and you never know where they're going to go. And then I would say after college, when you kind of settle into the real world, well, then you get. And I could have gone back to Oregon, but I stayed yes. in New Jersey Okay, and, and lived and worked there. I, I moved pretty close to Ryan's where he was living. Okay. Um, and that was kind of me being like, okay, you're my person. And it kind yeah. of, yeah, it became even more adults pretty quickly than I feel like, because it was right after college, you were living with like an apartment and yeah. then you were in New York too. And yeah. I was back home with a lot of people go back to their parents' house. And then I feel like we kind of grew up pretty quickly. And then it yeah. was like, I think this is going to be yeah. forever. I think I just 
I decided and I didn't let him leave. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. That's tough after college period where, yeah. especially when you're from the West Coast and I'm from the East yeah. Coast, like what's happening? Right. Well, exactly. And then I think right. as we grew into our, our relationship and our careers and stuff, I was like, this is, this, this is it. Yeah. Let's, let's do this. We have a, we have a good thing going here. So there's no reason to, to change. Okay. Well, as a Jersey person myself now, I'm urging you guys to move back to the East Coast. <laughs> I'll take care of the baby that's on the way. Spoiler alert. I will um, send this to my mom and she will be on your side. Okay. We'll team up and get you guys. And then my mom will recruit come you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Exactly. All right. That's true. That's we we true. have some, some different New Jersey yeah. and West Coast teams, but luckily all the teams get along and then. Team Jersey. So, yeah. but I'm okay. team so Jersey too. Tell me about when you guys started to talk about having kids and when you started to try, what happened? Okay. I feel like it was just like assumed. We never had like a conversation before we got married about like, do you, no, we didn't. do we want to have kids? It was just like, I don't know. And I think you're supposed to do that. And I think we always yeah. knew we wanted to be parents. And then, yeah. uh, you know, our, our 30th birthdays kind of came around and I remember distinctly Katie was like, okay, like let's start thinking about kids here. And she was definitely, I guess, ready mm-hmm. earlier than I was. It was right after we had moved to the West Coast. There was a lot of change. I am not good with change. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were kind of deciding whether we were ready for kids. And I was probably about a year behind her where I was like, okay, let's do this. And this was, again, right after our 30th birthdays, we had a we had a farewell tour that we like yeah. to say, which was we went on, we went we went out a bunch of nights. We went to Hawaii on vacation. We nice. Did all this stuff. And yeah. looking back, it's so funny saying that. I remember Katie specifically telling one, it's the farewell tour. It's the yeah. farewell tour. We're going to have kids. Right. We, just, we assumed that kid a kid was coming yeah. and this was, you know, we're going to be pregnant soon by the end of the year. And uh-huh. this is the farewell tour. And that was like five years yeah. ago, six and I, years ago. And I really, I think we even used like the hashtag farewell tour on some Instagram posts of us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. That makes sense. Cause you're like, all right, the next phase, we're going to be like hunkered down a little bit more. You're not as free to travel and all that stuff. Right. Yep. And mm. the hotel we even stayed at in Maui, it was like everyone on their baby moon. And we were like, oh, this is perfect. Like this is giving us a sign, you know, okay. yes. our final trip. And then we're going to go and get pregnant and then we'll come back and, you know. Be- right. So yeah. were, were you guys using birth control before that? And then you like stopped using it or what? Yeah, I, I was using birth control up until our wedding Okay, and, and I went off of it um, just because like I read stuff and I was like, oh, like it's just messing me up. And mm-hmm. Um, I went off of it and then my, I like broke out. My face was a mess for like a year and a half afterwards. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think we started using condoms for a little Yeah, bit we there, did. Cause, Cause I was like, I'm not going back on birth control. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not ready for a kid yet. Yeah. So I was like, so we'll like, just do this again. I yeah. guess this is kind of weird going backwards to this, but here, here we are. Right. So. That is kind of weird. You're like, I feel like we're in college and again. This is yeah. strange. Yeah. yeah. I think we even did that for a couple months. Cause I, again, I just he wasn't, wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for it yet. Okay. So was there a point where you guys were both ready and like, you're like, all right, it's happening now. Now we're officially trying yeah that's once we got once we got to that farewell tour and it was okay. april of whatever five six years ago whatever yeah. it was i remember i was on a work trip and co- when we were coming back it was like we're, we're planners i mean we're type a everything's planned so it was when you get back from this work trip the goalie is pulled again we're mm-hmm. like telling everybody just assuming mm-hmm. that it's gonna happen and it was like you know let's let's do this we're ready now and um it didn't go to our plan that's for sure what happened <laughs> That is for sure. Well, I so again, we're super planners. So I started doing the ovulation tracking. I, I bought all the books. I wasn't like the I wasn't to the level of um waking up and taking my temperature. I just mm-hmm. could, I couldn't do it. I knew I knew I'd miss a day or 
do it wrong. And, and so I was just doing the ovulation tracking and um, had the app on my phone. Mm-hmm. So we did that for like six months. Okay. Yeah. We were expecting it to work within that first six months. Right. And were you getting concerned when it wasn't working? Yeah. Like nothing was happening. So you weren't getting pregnant. You weren't having losses. It's nothing. just nothing's happening. Nothing happening. Yeah. Got it. I think I was, I think I was getting more frustrated than worried. Um, but I did go to just an OBGYN and they're like, you look fine. Um, you know, come back in a little bit. You're still young. Then we'll, then I'll refer you. Like mm-hmm. they always do. And that's when I went and got tested at that point. Cause you yeah. were, I mean, you were more concerned than I was. And I went to my, um, my general practitioner mm-hmm. at that point, I think it was at six months and it was like, you know, can we do an analysis here? A sperm analysis. He, mm-hmm. again, same thing. This the common story of, everything's fine. You're young. There's nothing obviously wrong. You're going to be good. Just takes time. And it was like, okay, well, I guess, um, let's, he agreed to do, to do the yeah. sperm analysis and everything was okay on my end. We were nervous about that. Cause I had been on, um, Accutane in high school, mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, the, uh, yeah. Side effects acne drug yeah. and yeah. top side effect is to be, uh, to be infertile and affect your fertility. So we were, mm-hmm. we were panicked about that for sure. And when everything came back normal, I mean, this was my mindset and I was way behind her as far as like research and being nervous. Everyone was telling us that, you know, you're healthy, you're young, everything's fine. So six, eight months in, once I got the clean bill of health, it was like, oh, we're good. There's, there's yeah. no need for anything else here. It's just right. gonna, and it's just going to happen. But then month after month of failed attempt, failed attempt, failed attempt, it just starts to pile up. After his, you know, pause, like everything's great. I mm-hmm. went and then I was like, okay, I'm going to go. Like I need to go to a fertility mm-hmm. doctor. So I got referred and then again, like everything came back fine. And then they were like, you have unexplained infertility. You're like, awesome. Yeah. (laughs) The worst thing you could ever say. You're like, what does that mean? What did they say? Like, we just don't know why, but it's not happening for you. Or how did they explain? I mean, it's unexplained, right? Yeah. I mean, it was basically like they looked at Ryan's sperm and they were like, wow, that's great. Like, they were like, wow, his sperm's great. Bravo, Ryan. And he was like super proud. Yeah. (laughs) And then with me, yeah, they were just were like, yeah, I mean, everything looks great. Like, you have no, we don't see anything that could make it seem like there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. You did all the testing, the dye stuff. Yeah, I did all that horrible dye test. Yep. Um, I did. Yeah, I mean, everything came back. My blood tests. Mm-hmm. Um, we were nervous about thyroid. Totally mm-hmm. fine. Okay. I did tell her, like, I had painful periods. So did my mom and my grandma. Uh-huh. And so in the beginning that you weren't worried about it, but then... After a while, I mean, I don't want to skip. Yeah. But um, it was in the back of your head. Yeah. The back of my head was like, because I thought it was normal to have really like, painful periods. Okay. Yeah. So had yeah. you always had like painful periods all through yeah. high school, Forever. college, all that? Okay. Yeah. Well, not, not um, when I was on birth control. Gotcha. I love to talk about the relationship piece of this mm-hmm. since I have you both here. What yeah. was going on in your relationship? I mean, I've been very open about the fact that my husband and I were we almost split up. Like we were at such different places in our heads. I had secondary infertility. He was like, we're good. We don't need another one. Like, why are you putting yourselves through this? And I was like, yeah. I will die if I don't have another child. Like I was just so <laughs> on the opposite spectrum. It's true. And so what were you guys going through? I would say at that point we were, I didn't, I didn't even realize until looking back at things, how we were such on different pages at that point. 
again, I was just so laid back about it. This mm-hmm. is all going to work. And I mean, when we started going to the fertility clinic, you were taking it all on. Yeah. You were the one going to all the appointments. This was pre-COVID. She's going to the appointments on uh, during lunch. You're doing before all the work. blood tests before mm-hmm. work. It's by your office. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of doing my thing for the day. So I feel like our relationship was so strong. But looking back, I wasn't the best partner at that point. I wasn't fully invested into it. It almost you know, as unfair as it is, it felt like it was your medical thing that you were dealing with. Yeah. And I would yeah. I had to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. The way we operate too, is like we divide and conquer. So like in the beginning I was fine. It was like, well, it's my body. Like it's, this is my thing, my task. I'm going to like, just take over and do it all uh-huh. because he can't, I mean, what is he going to do? He's not going to, right. You know, take my blood. <laughs> so I was fine in the beginning, but then after lots of bad news over and over, it was kind of like, oh my God. And dealing with insurance companies is like another job. Um, And I didn't know that was going to be so much work. And that's Uh all stuff I wasn't helping with. I wasn't helping with insurance companies setting up, even setting up an appointment or I don't know. I just, it just wasn't on my radar as much as it should have been. It's yeah. Like, I feel like that's really it. common. Like it often fall, the onus falls on one of the, one of the people most, most of the time, the woman, just cause yeah. you know, like we, you guys said, but, um, that's tricky when insurance comes into play and you're like, God, this is a whole nother layer of complications and like bullshit that you have to deal with. Yeah. Um, and the, re- the were you guys like fighting at all or like, what no, was it like behind the scenes? It was weird. I mean, it, I feel like it actually made us stronger. Okay. But I don't really, re- I feel like we fought before when I was like ready to have a kid and he wasn't. Mm, That's fair. Okay. Yeah. We yeah. weren't, I mean, we weren't fighting at that point. We definitely later on had communication breakdowns for sure. Where, I mean, when it just carries on for years and years, there was times where we were, and we can talk about this now where we had to like yeah. sit down and have like a real conversation. Kind of sounds like something similar that you had to go through where it was like, okay, we've been like talking about this stuff for the past couple of months, but are we like really, really talking about like what we're scared about, what we're feeling about this? I mean, the scheduled intercourse every week and day after day and yeah. breakdown of your intimacy together, we had to sit down and have a conversation. Like I, I can't do this anymore. I can't do yeah. this time. So I'm not having fun anymore. This right. is too much. The backdrop of it being unsuccessful every month is like too much for me. Totally. I, I, I can't do it. I feel like a, a machine now and I just <laughs> have to get this done. Yeah. So that, that was a big communication breakdown. And some of like, I mean, they were never just fights. It was just like disagreements of, yeah. you need to be more invested researching this sexually. We have to figure this out because it is not working right now. Totally. The different, the pressures of it all. Yeah. I remember there was one point again, sorry for TMI, but my husband and I were like after months and months and I was just like, I'm crying. He was like so frustrated. And I was like, yep. just stick it in. Like it was just like <laughs> the least sexy sex ever. Yeah. Like it was just the it worst. Is. And I remember feeling so gross and we were both like, Ugh. like, I don't even like you, you know, like it was just yeah. like terrible. It is. People don't talk about enough the relationship part. Yeah. Love you, Vince, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because I'm like very like planner and I'm okay. Like, let's just do this now. And he's like, wow, like, thanks. Right. It got to the point where I was like, 
No. Well, look, You'd me, say no. me walking into the room, you being under the covers yeah. on your phone, completely naked, saying, let's get this done. Just yeah. Doing it for me anymore. It's not doing it. I get it. I'm glad you did it for a couple months that. like that, but <laughs> yeah. after that, like it's just not happening anymore. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. We'll stop doing that. And it did literally. I mean, that conversation literally changed everything. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you guys were able to have that conversation. I think that's so true. That you know, it's just it's so hard on so many couples in so many ways. So, was there a point where you guys it did start to happen? Like diagnosis started to happen you know, going through treatments. Um, obviously I gave the spoiler that you guys are expecting a baby right now. So <laughs> when did it take a turn and like start to get a little bit better in terms of what you guys were going to do? Well, I mean, the unexplained infertility just hung over us for, for a long time. We did the IUI stuff. We, we did, did five. we did five IUI attempts and okay. we thought those would be the solution. Like so many people think Ryan was so funny. The first one, he was so optimistic, so positive. He was yeah. like, he refused. He was like, we're not doing it medicated. We're just not. Uh, he's like, I believe that it's just going to work. And I, I kind of was like, it sounds okay, like, like whatever, you know, let's be a team. Right. He really wants like, if this is the thing he thinks medications overrated. Sure. And then it didn't work. And then right. the one didn't, and then the f- next four were medicated and those didn't nothing. I mean, nothing worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I were mean, you guys I- seeing meanwhile, like people around you, like your friends, getting pregnant and things oh, like yeah. that. Like, so how did that feel? I mean, I helped plan multiple baby showers, mm-hmm. <laughs> but for me, I think, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm really good at like pushing everything down. Mm. I think it runs my family, um, okay. but um, it like a lot of people like can't, can't plan the baby shower, can't go to the shower, can't walk into the baby um, store. And mm-hmm. for me, it was more like, keep me busy. I, if I can't have a kid, I'm going to make your baby shower the best baby shower. And I'm going to buy the stuff that I want to buy for myself. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you're always a great gift giver. That's one thing that Katie yeah. does well, even for, you know, we Aww. we know how hard it is to have a kid and get pregnant. So if it is easy for some of our friends, we consider them lucky. We want to send a great gift. Yeah. And we want that to be something meaningful. So that's kind of always been our yeah. attitude on it. But I know it was definitely affecting you more at that point than me. I mean, when we were doing the IUIs, I was still so positive. I yeah. was it, it just everyone around us again, the doctors were so positive. It was mm-hmm. like this is just gonna happen. So I still wasn't being affected by it at that point. I mean, definitely later on. The I Clomid was. Clomid did make me like I do not cry. And I was like sure. crying all the time. Mm, okay. Yeah. yeah. Clomid crazies. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So affecting you. Yeah. Yeah. That's- yeah. I mean, with the IUIs, it was. I expected the success. I didn't know the the stats on it all like I do now about how mm-hmm. unsuccessful they actually are most of the time and stuff like that. So right, I know, and they make it on paper. It sounds so good, right? They're like, oh, they like wash the sperm and find the best sperm and put it exactly where it needs to be. And you're like, oh, yeah. duh, this is duh. totally gonna work. Exactly. And Ryan had his super sperm, so right, Ryan, your super sperm, easy, easy, <laughs> easy, no doubt about it. <laughs> so okay, so you did five, and then were they like, okay, let's move on to IVF? Was that the next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's when it really started to to yeah. set in the unexplained infertility stuff. Not having an answer, super, mm-hmm. super frustrating. Great because there's no yeah. you know huge issue, but also just super frustrating at that right. point. Right. And that's when I think it really, it really started to turn for us. Well, and, yeah. When you get the big box of all the medication. Yes. That's when it's like, oh my God. Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> was how is it going with the insurance? Like, were you guys able to get some stuff covered? Yeah. I mean, so we had, 
we had insurance through Katie's uh, employer. So we had okay. free health insurance. So nice. her company provided for, for, for both of us. So I was on her insurance plan and I always viewed my insurance plan through my company as kind of not great and expensive. So we never signed up for it. Um, and then right before we started IVF, my open enrollment is in July uh, for my company. And we had our first IVF cycle pushed back because of COVID. We skipped a few months. And during that time, I had just never really researched the reproductive um, benefits that I had. So I looked into it. And right before, literally the week before we started IVF, we signed up for insurance through my company. So we were double covered then. And they covered um, a good portion of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Not all of it, but a huge, huge portion. So we were lucky that for the years that we've gone through IVF, we've been double covered through both of our companies and it saved us a ton of money. So mm-hmm. that's, and I was just putting it off. I, I just being lazy, not preparing financially for it. I mean, that's something I think that's so important too, is just, you're going to be going through so much physical pain, emotional pain to prepare financially the best you can, whether that's looking for grants or putting yeah. aside some money from each paycheck to pay mm-hmm. off a bill or looking yeah, we, into your insurance companies. We set up a baby fund for IVF because there are a lot of out-of-pocket, mm-hmm. like out-of-network um, expenses. expenses. That's such a smart like pro tip. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just paying even the small, like a $500 bill that may come up and just yeah. knowing it's coming from that fund as compared to that savings account that you've been looking at. And is that a certain number? Just right. Something in my mind. That exactly. With. Yeah. So how did that first round of IVF go? Long. Yeah, it was long. <laughs> <laughs> um, what happened? Yeah. The first the first, um, we did frozen embryo transfer. So we both are yeah. oh, genetic carriers for some like really random diseases. Mm-hmm. Um, yours is her hurler's disease and mine was Tay Satch. I don't know if I said that right, but, um, so our doc, my doctor was like, we're going to do, um, genetic testing. And we're like, cool. That sounds great. So we did the retrieval. We found out I'm really, um, bad with anesthesia and get really, really sick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In Oregon, they just do the retrieval and you're, you're like half awake. Okay. Um, and then there's like no really recovery room. They just like put you in a wheelchair and then off you go after mm-hmm. 30 minutes. Um, I was in, I, I did get a recovery room and I was there for like two hours. Two to three hours. Yeah. With your recovery. Yeah. Cause you were so ill. Oh my God. I was so nauseous. Oh God. Had I you never like, had anesthesia before? Uh, I think just like wisdom teeth. Okay. That yeah. was a, a long, long time, time ago. ago. It was like different, but yeah. Right. Yeah. Definitely something we realized throughout the, yeah. throughout the journey is that she gets very sick from anesthesia. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, but the retrieval went well. Yeah. We got 20. I mean, and again, this was stuff that I just had not researched beforehand was just kind of that IVF attrition rate and all mm-hmm. the, how you're going to lose eggs and fertilization. Yeah. We had 25 mature eggs. 21 that survived, 18 fertilized, and then they went out for genetic testing. Yeah, 10 made it to day five, I think. And then out of the ones that were genetically tested, five made it to the freezing portion through the first egg retrieval, which which was weird. And I mean, it was great. It was a great number. We beat the IVF attrition rates by the time I wasn't aware of that. So every right. phone call felt like a devastating blow of like, oh, we're down to this. And it was like, what? What? Yeah. So you'd find embryos? Yeah, we have that five. we're going to be tested. Okay. You know, uh, after, five that survived yeah, testing. Yes. Well, it's not that they Frozen. survived, but they are genetically normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, five genetically normal. Yeah, okay. So we sent 10 to get tested and five came back. Got normal. it. Yeah. Okay. And then for me, I was like, wow, we have to have five kids now. You're right. So 
like just being so naive. I remember joking, being like, oh, okay, like, I guess, guess we're gonna have five kids. Right. Thinking that yes. it's going to be successful. Yeah, and just exactly. I think so many people think that. I thought that too. I was like, oh, yeah. cool. Okay, great. Here we go. Yeah. So then we did um, a transfer, a frozen embryo transfer. We just did one because we're cautious mm-hmm. and it worked. And I was like, wow, we're so lucky. Mm-hmm. I just like couldn't believe it. And I was told you so. I was I was in the we're young, healthy, I'm still yeah. on that team and like, oh, we did all this and this is great. It's absolutely worth it. But like, of course, of course you're pregnant, obviously. Like yeah. this is this has to work. So um that's where I was. Yeah. And then it didn't work. <laughs> and then it, we had miscarried after yeah. uh, after a few weeks. So that was our first experience. Oh, with I'm so sorry. Yeah. It was, yeah. It stunk. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was sad, but it was, it was weird too, with the relationship stuff then too, because that's nothing that we had experienced together. And I do think we were on different pages then too. I was so next step, not getting into the grief with you. And I was kind of like, but at the same time, that first miscarriage, spoiler alert, (laughs) there's, there's more. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I popped into positivity pretty quickly because I remember telling people, at least I got pregnant and I know infertility people hate when people say that, but at I least was yeah. that because I just was like, that was the first time I've ever gotten a positive pregnancy mm-hmm. test. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, like at least we know now I can get pregnant. This is huge. Mm-hmm. So we, we switched pretty quickly to being positive. And then I don't think we waited that long. No, we were pretty quick with the second transfer. We did two embryos this time for, okay. for- our doctor recommended yeah. and neither of them stuck at Nothing all. No happened. positive pregnancy oh. test. And we were like, whoa, that yeah. was, that was shocking. Absolutely. Shocking. Right. Not yeah. At that point. So because she was pretty positive, like, well, you got pregnant that first time. This is definitely going to work. Like uh-huh. we'll you in, how are you, how do you feel about multiples? She even talked to us about like reduction. If there's four babies, Right. Like, well, let's like, let's wait a little bit. Like, let's see what happens. First. Right. But you're thinking, okay, we probably at least get one. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's when, I mean, we had been talking about endometriosis throughout um, and that had kind of been back to the painful period stuff, but that's when yeah. our doctor was like, okay, now you, you have to go and undergo a laparoscopy to um, check for endometriosis, which drove, I think both of us crazy. I don't want to speak for you, but mm-hmm. just the fact that endometriosis can't be diagnosed without a laparoscopy. I know. All the this, imaging, all the tests we it's have. It's so like, wild. Yeah. What do you mean this yeah. can't be I without you going through surgery? That might have been the most scared I've, I was through the whole process. Like even mm-hmm. the retrievals and the uh, like frozen embryo transfers, just because I was completely out and they were like cutting me open. Right. Um, and it was, it could be all for nothing. Or we right. could find out this huge news that could in turn. Yes. Have like, we could have a baby. I yeah. feel like the that procedure, like the stakes are so high, right? Like yeah. it's like, it could be something terrible or it could be nothing, but either way, it's like a big thing. Yeah. So we they did that. F- they found moderate to severe yeah. uh, endometriosis and it was removed, which was okay. amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'll never, again, the anesthesia stuff. Katie was sick. Oh, Katie. That- <laughs> she was there for so long. They were like working overtime, just trying to get me able to like, cause you can't, you have to go to the bathroom before you're allowed to leave or you have yeah. to get a catheter. Right. So the nurses like, were just sitting there like, oh my God, this woman. Right. So I finally was like, just do the catheter. Like I just need to leave. We had but an yeah. afternoon, we had an afternoon appointment and they were expected to leave. And I think they were just trying to leave at five or six. And it was like 7.30. 7.30. The one woman had a call for her, her 
offered like a babysitter to yeah. come for a kid. Oh, <laughs> we told them though. We told yeah. them this is this goes to advocating for any yeah. fellas listening for their yes. wife. And we told them, we said, hey, she is sick. It takes time for her to come off anesthesia. No one listened to us. Oh, we, really? They said, no. They said, half an hour, you'll be good. It's not that we're like, okay, whatever you say. Okay, like, call that babysitter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're like, okay, not our fault. But um, I mean, I'll never forget you crying in that in that recovery yeah. room oh. and just so happy that they had found it and that we had yeah. kind of gotten it's an like, answer. Yeah, we finally got an answer. Right. So I was like, so happy. It's like right. one year. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Yes. Cause it feels good now. Cause then you have a plan. Right. So it's like, okay, now we took care of that. And maybe yeah. the next time it will work. Exactly. Yeah. So you have the long layoff after that, the three month recovery with the okay. time sticking away and everything. And, you know, we're going on like a year now with yeah. our first cycle of IVF. And then we, uh, okay. For the last one, we wanted to, well, what ended up being the last one, we wanted to do one embryo of our two that were left. We were super confident. These are our, our worst graded embryos, yeah. but we were but confident. the endo's gone. The endo's gone. Again, we're young. It's going to mm-hmm. be great. Um, so we decided to do one uh, embryo. We get to the hospital for the transfer that day, and the head of the department comes in, and we're like, this is different than mm-hmm. other times. And they said there had been a mistake. Um, by accident, they had received from our fertility clinic the report to uh, to for unfreeze both embryos, and there should have been a change report sent saying to only unfreeze one because that was our decision, and that mm-hmm. never came across. So both had been um, defrosted that day, and they had collapsed yeah, during the day. both collapsed. Both collapsed. So our choice was to try and refreeze one like we had originally wanted, but survival chances weren't great um, or go ahead with both. So we ended up going ahead with both that day. Um, so, so what did that feel like? Sorry to interrupt, but to get that report, like they fucked up. Yeah, we so I was like already laying down ready, like with my legs. Full up. bladder. Yeah. Checked out the whole the whole thing sitting there. Yeah, I think it was we were so shocked that we like didn't we couldn't say anything. We mm-hmm. just were like, okay. I was pissed I'm, off. Yeah. I, yeah. I, don't think it, I don't get angry often. I'm pretty level-headed with things. My hand was shaking in a fist sitting there and, uh, you know, yeah, I was, are you fucking kidding me? was about to be screamed at them at that point, you know, yeah. it out and it was, you know, oh, it's your decision. You can, you can refreeze one and, you know, but it may not survive and stuff. And it's like, well, it's even a decision. Like, well, are you and they were right. telling us both are collapsed. They'll, they could rehydrate when we put them in. So mm-hmm. they're basically telling us it's not going to work. Yeah. So super disappointing. We just were like, them. In the end, I think it, it saved us some time with another transfer yeah. in the end. But yes, it was it was it was super frustrating. We walked out of there that day, you know, hopeful. We just had two of our last embryos yeah. implanted. Right. We walked out of there with a huge cloud over our heads. Oh, just, I'm so like, sorry, you guys. We, yeah, we didn't know what to do. It was just like silent shock. Yeah, we were right. pretty quiet that day. Yeah, it was it was actually a sunny day in Portland, and it was pretty cloudy for us. Well, yeah, so, oh yeah. And then it, it they actually did did work. I I did get pregnant. You did, yeah, yeah. And it was like what? Like maybe like maybe it was meant. Like, to maybe be. this is meant to be, and then it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, another miscarriage. Another was. miscarriage. How long and, did that one last? The pregnancy um not long no, yeah a couple weeks. yeah a couple weeks uh, it wasn't like any right we didn't even get to like an ultrasound right and um that one was really hard i don't know why it was harder than the others i think that's when i first started crying about things honestly because i mean oh. for me that was i mean our first ivf cycle was over and yeah. it was 
having right. to go back to the beginning. Right. It's, uh, and, you know, I hear other people that have gone through so many cycles and all this stuff. And I, I don't know how you do it because I mean, because this one prolonged too. we had, you know, we were lucky to have five embryos. It was over a year of us going through everything and the laparoscopy and the transfers, but it was shocking to have to go back to the beginning and remember right. all the sins and everything. Like, how are we supposed to do this all over again? Yeah. And I right. think they told more people about this last one. So like having to tell my parents and we had to hope after the laparoscopy. Yeah. It was, it was rough. Yeah. And my dad was crying. Yeah. Oh, horrible. It was July 4th weekend. It was July 4th weekend. Yeah. So yeah. was this 2021? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And that was like the dark time. And that's when Ryan, like I was more like onto the like Peloton, like I get my aggression out, like on the bike. Right. Out. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ryan um, decided, well, we like were talking and yeah, it was that, is that yeah. weekend that the, the book kind of came about was after that first IVF cycle was again, a dark time. I was looking for resources or something. Yeah. Kind of Actually I gave into it. I, you know, I surrendered, I took the big wall down and that's when, um, and that's when the book kind of came about that it was time to, to, you know, write something about this. Right. It kind of started as a project just for me. It was cathartic to write all this Get it down. All out. Well, we know, yeah, don't, yes. don't know the whole story. And then it was like after a month or two of writing, it was like, I have got to see this thing through now. So, right. Well, so let me say to everybody listening that Ryan wrote a book and it's called Finally an Infertility Book for Dudes. And it's brilliant and it's heartfelt and it's funny. And there's some really great stories. And there's, you know, specific things that you guys went through, but a lot of relatable, universal like themes and insights as well. So, I'm so glad that you wrote it and that it's out there. Why did you find it so important to actually write this book? And I'm so glad that you did because I have a similar story in that I was looking for books and resources and I had such a hard time when I was going through this, you know, seven, eight years ago and there was nothing. So I mean, and there was even less for guys. So tell me about, you know, how you even started with writing this and, and how everything's going. Yeah. And that kind of, that's kind of where it started after that IVF cycle and just looking for resources, something to connect with. I mean, I would post something on Instagram, something just hinting at infertility and stuff like that. And so many people would be like, thank you for sharing your story. It's so, it's so brave for you to speak about this and stuff. And Katie kind of mentioned earlier here that she's a little less open than I am. And I'm an open book about things here. Mm -hmm. like this. I was like, let's write this. It was a cathartic experience to start for me and to get everything out. And then it kind of just, it kind of just grew. There's, there's not much out there for men. I mean, there's some books on, you know, sperm health and male factor infertility and stuff like that, but nothing emotionally connecting with the journey or books about loss. Like there are a lot for women. So um, it was something I wanted to do. I, I talk about how uh, when we first started trying to get pregnant, Katie bought me a bunch of books, the the rad dad books and dude, you're going to be a dad. And I had read all those at the, you know, back when we were 30. When and we thought we were going to get pregnant. After right. right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's kind of, I the mean, good old of, days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's kind of my, my style and tone. And I was like, why is there not a book like this about infertility just to prepare people? I mean, there's, there's research in it. There's talks about, you know, the actual process and some of the scientific stuff around it. 
but you know it's also telling our story and just mm-hmm. kind of talking about uh, infertility and all the the funny stories of the day to day that may pop up just kind of in that tone of something I can connect with. So, right. I love how you say it's like your non-expert advice. Oh, it is. You know, I'm not an expert on this. I mean, (laughs) I was doing a lot of research on Saturday mornings, looking things up and, you know, there is a bibliography in the back to give my resources (laughs) and everything where I found everything. Right. But, uh, but I'm not an expert on it. I, I do say that, you know, it's taken over my life for the past five years. I used to, uh, you know, write things for my fantasy football leagues and things like right. that. I'm not a writer, but, um, you know, I wanted to get creative with it and make something that people can connect with and relatable and easy. Yeah. It doesn't need to be there where you're sitting for 300 pages going through all the details right. of everything. Just That's what I like about it. It's like it's digest. laid back and it's funny and, you know, you can kind of just even flip around, you know, you don't have to like read it cover to cover. You can kind of dip in and out and, you know, exactly. take cherry pick what you need, which I think for a lot of guys, that's a good, you know, they don't want to sit down, like you said, and read like a 300 page, like tome about this. So now that it's out there, what's the reaction been Ryan? Like, how is the, um, how's it going with like the book sales and like the, you know, reaching out to people. I'm sure people have been connecting with you from like all over the world. Yeah, it's been pretty ma- it's been pretty amazing. I mean, people from all different stages of my life, like personal relationships that I've had with people reaching out that you just had no idea were going yeah. through something similar and feeling like they can they can speak with you. I mean, some really deep conversations where again, it's like I'm not an expert. It's like, should I am I the one that should be having this conversation with people that, you know, it's getting so so deep and beyond just surface level relationships. And you can just tell so that, you know, this guy was looking for someone to connect with about it. So right. um it's it's been great. And it's been great from, you know, I was nervous for some family to read some of the stuff because it is intimate and stuff like that. Right. But, uh, the reaction there has been great. And there's, there's a big community online. I mean, the yeah. community you've created and um, online with people reaching out, I've done some guest blog posts. I was lucky yeah. to be in the news one morning, which was I really saw cool. that segment. That was yeah, awesome. That was cool. So it's been, um, it's, it's been, it's been going and there's been a, a ton of great reaction. A lot of people really yeah. reaching out. And again, if it helps even a couple people just to figure out what might be ahead for them or for someone that's gone through worse than we have for something to relate yeah. to a laugh at a story. It's just all worth it to be doing all this. Totally. Has anybody surprised you and come out and said, like, I went through this too. And like, you had no idea. Oh, I mean, for me, I've had people from high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's when we did our um, pregnancy announcement, I didn't want it to seem like, again, we tried for three months and got pregnant. So um, with, again, I'm very private with Brian writing the book and everything. I was like, I need this post to be brutally honest and let people know like what we've been through. So when I posted that we were pregnant, I talked about the IUIs, the frozen embryo transfers, the endometriosis, and that I got a flood of like DMs from people. Yeah. Um, And that like made me more confident and more like open to talk about our story. Right. Yeah. I mean, people from high school and stuff that you, you know, not that you forget about, but you just haven't yeah. talked about in so long. And you maybe see some social media posts here and there. And I had a couple of people even say like, oh, I saw your earlier posts, like, you know, earlier this year. And I, I almost said something then I was going to mm-hmm. say something then because I saw something and I didn't quite reach out, but now I see you writing this book. This is amazing. And they they've reached out. So definitely people from again, all different phases of my life, which is, which is pretty, pretty cool to see them finally coming out. And again, you don't realize how many people are actually experiencing this yet. We keep it so private. And what's been really cool too, is we've had friends that haven't dealt with infertility that just have bought the book to show support. And they've come to me or Ryan and been like, 
we didn't know you were going through all of this. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, right. Why insensitive or I wish I could have been there more for you. And it's like, you don't, don't be sorry because I would have told you if I needed something, you know? Right. So it's, it's really cool that people that have no idea about this whole world are also buying the book and that right. they can be more open or empathetic. empathetic. Yep. Yeah. We've had a couple of cases too, where they have friends too. They have, they've mentioned it to some of their friend group or something like that. And they've, without us in the conversation, our friends with their other friends have had conversations about it because someone they know in their friend circle right. um, is experiencing infertility that they had no idea about. And it's like, definitely. Well, pretty amazing that you're making that connection with your friends or other family members because of something that, that and they're now better equipped to communicate or support that yep, person for sure definitely well everybody check out finally an infertility book for dudes it's on amazon it's everywhere do you have a specific place ryan that you want people to buy it from is there like a mom and pop or like a website that you prefer amazon is the best spot just amazon? type okay. amazon you'll find yeah. it if you type and we'll put it i'll put it in the show notes as well so people can like link directly to it so, okay, let's go back to the chronology of your story. So you did the, are you on to cycle two now? Yes. So we, okay. um, Ryan's every Saturday morning writing his book. We're back to getting the big box of medicine. Mm-hmm. For me, again, I think it's a coping mechanism, but I like blacked out and like forgot everything from the first cycle. Yes. So I'm like rewatching the videos. I don't, I don't so, know how to do yeah. anything. Like I'm a, it's the weirdest thing. Right. And Katie, remind me, were you in Fertility Rally at this point? Yes. Um, okay. I, think I I probably joined as another outlet, like with Ryan writing his book. Yeah. I think it was like, we were just like super sad. We had had the miscarriage, like right before we were moving into our new house too. And it was like Halloween and there's mm-hmm. kids and mm-hmm. We had neighbors that were like, oh, do you have kids? And we we're like, no, we don't have kids. Yeah, we got that question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Horrible. so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I need to find something. So yeah. I actually found Fertility Rally through your podcast. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Great. So that was probably the fall before going in. And then we had the last yeah. miscarriage in July of 2021. Yeah. And then sad summer recovering yeah. from that. And then that fall. So yeah, then you had found your resources through Virtuality yep. Rally. I was writing the book to deal with my emotions. Yeah. And we had uh, started uh, IVF cycle number two that fall, kind of going into the holidays, mm-hmm. retrieval, mm-hmm. the whole thing. We uh, had four yeah. embryos frozen from, from that time. first cycle. Uh, Which was, I was kind of surprised because I thought maybe with, once the endo was removed, I would we'd have more. I don't know if I was getting greedy or for some reason I was like, oh, I'm like way healthier now. So right. I kind of was disappointed with the four. Okay. Um, that makes sense. I was like tra- traumatized from, we had five before and I thought, right. oh, five kids. And now we only, we have four. I don't know. I what like, a different yeah. to think about from, yeah. that, from the first time of five, we're going to have five yeah. kids to four, like, oh, we're in But trouble. then in the back of your mind, right. There's probably like or none. Like what if this doesn't work out at all? Like, holy shit. You know, there's that realization too. Ryan was being a lot less positive. He was being a lot more realistic. Should we start looking at like adoption? Mm -hmm. I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And I'm like, we're doing this. Mm -hmm. That's the, and that's when the book was getting finished up at the end of the year. And that's how the book ends too, with me kind of talking about it. Cause none of this had all happened at that point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We had done, yeah. Then we had the first frozen embryo transfer at some point that fall December. it was December yeah it was right yeah. around 
right around the holidays. We would have, well, we would have found, we were going to find out on like Christmas Eve if it Mm -hmm. were. So mm-hmm. it was an interesting holiday season because yeah. typically we travel back east or here or there. And at that mm-hmm. point, we were just kind of over it and just being super selfish. Like, this is what we're doing. Fertility treatment first. Everything else can go to hell. We just have to get this done. But then we did. We went back to New Jersey. Yeah, we, d- we did that December after. It was a week or two after the transfer, yeah. right? Yeah, because it was just kind of like, even though we really want this to work, it can't rule our lives, right? So, and, and then the doctor said flying after two weeks it's not going to hinder anything. You'll be fine. Um, the only thing that I did know, and because again, planner, every time we've done an FET, I get horrible migraines about two weeks after Uh sick, like throwing up. And I was like, that's going to be Christmas day. Oh God. (laughs) On the East coast. (laughs) On the East coast. Right. Oh. And, and that was like day it was because, you know, you do the, the pregnancy test after 10 days. I think right. it was like we were leaving the next day. It was like day 11 or 12 because we were, went and got the pregnancy test at the clinic. We came back right after, but it was like day 13. Or oh, yeah, like it was that. way after. But mm-hmm. what I did um, before we left, it was like day five or six. I don't know where you where you could tell if you if the pregnancy test could tell you if you're pregnant. But um, I took one, but I took a digital. Mm hmm. And it said I wasn't pregnant. Okay. But later I found out that that one was an early. Oh, like an early response kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So. So were I, you crushed when you saw that? Or no, were you because like. I, I crazily Googled it. Okay. Right after. And I was like, oh, I did it wrong. And okay. then I just like pushed it away. And we went to New Jersey. We didn't talk about it with anybody. Yeah. We didn't do any tests. We didn't even there. tell. We didn't tell his parents that no, we had nobody, done. We didn't tell knows. anyone we did nobody it. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Answer. Yeah. I think that was after being so excited the last time yeah. and telling everybody again. Totally. It's exhausting to have to unwind all of that. Yes, you know. Yes. Because yes. <laughs> you re- every person you tell, you have to relive it. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. We went and we were, we were super patient. Cause you know, it's, you just want to test, but we're like, let's not even do it. And mm-hmm. we're like, should we test while we're here? We're like, nope, don't do it. Let's just enjoy mm-hmm. this. And then Christmas got canceled. Cause like so many people have got COVID mm-hmm. and Ryan and I were like freaking out. I'm like wearing masks inside a like crazy person because they, no one knows that we had embryo transfer. Right. We went, we went, I mean, we were COVID safe the whole time, yeah. but we were like wearing gloves, like doing the whole yeah. thing. And totally. Like, what are you guys do? What are you guys doing? We're like, yeah. we're being super safe because no yeah. one knows that you have the transfer. Yeah. We're right. Being yeah. So luckily you're like in a full hazmat. We're suit. doing, yeah. like, we're yeah. doing Christmas like the dinner. Thing. They're like, what the hell's going on? With we're like, we've been announced together. I don't think, you know, it's, we should be safe. And we're like, no, you guys don't know yeah. what's going on here. Yeah, right. but so Christmas Day was canceled because a bunch of people got, around COVID exposure. Yeah, got COVID exposure. We were safe, mm-hmm. but um, then I was like super sick that day, so I didn't even like. I was. I think I slept the whole day, which was a good sign because that means you know, mm-hmm. before, at mm-hmm. least I was pregnant then. And then on December 29th is when we went and got our first beta. And it was positive and mm-hmm. it was like, numbers were like, like so big Yeah, because we had to wait so long, but also like, oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. And then I think my doctor was like so scared too. So we, I think I had like four betas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our doc, after the mess up of oh, the yeah. last transfer, yeah. she was, 
really rooting for us the whole time. She right. was, felt like she was really in our corner and you could, you could tell there was kind of a change with our second IVF cycle that she was, you know, not that she, she was trying as hard as she could the whole time, but she was really rooting for us at this point to have yeah. a right. fun, which was pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. So then, okay. So the betas are going up and up and up and were you guys, yeah. you know, there's that thing where you get, you know, the positive test, but after infertility and after loss, you still are like guarding your heart, right? Did you guys feel that way? Like cautiously optimistic and all that? Yeah. I think after we, after we like passed where we had had a loss before that helped us gain more confidence. But I mean, still to this day, we're petrified and I'm 38 weeks pregnant. Right. Yeah, so that one worked. I mean, we're due. We're, we're due at the beginning. So that was the one that in. stuck, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Baby Smith. That's big surprise. That's, baby's that's way. Cool. Do we know the gender of the baby? You don't have to say if you don't want yeah, to. It's a girl. It's okay. a girl, baby girl. Yeah. So we're, we're really excited. But yeah, I, it might have been like a month ago that it was finally like, okay, I guess we're we're yeah. here. And this is the whole thing. I mean, just all the heartbreak. And yes. You hear horrible stories. So, I mean, even like, even I'm watching Virgin River right now. And <laughs> there's so many traumatizing things on that show. <laughs> that I I'm haven't watching. seen it. Uh, don't watch it if you're in like dealing with infertility. Yeah. Good advice. I still get triggered <laughs> by stuff. And my, you know, my yeah. son is six and a half after IVF. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> Thanks for the warning. All right. No yes. one watched that show. Yeah. 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 It's really good, but there's like so many horrible infertility things. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my God, there needs to be a warning here. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. But yeah, I think my, my one friend that went through infertility, she said she literally didn't feel, it didn't feel real until she held her baby. Yeah. And I, I really feel like that's going to be for me because I haven't even yet, like, again, I'm not a big crier, but I haven't even like gone to the nursery and been like crying because I'm so excited or happy. Yeah. Sometimes I I wake up and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm pregnant. That's weird. Yeah. So what about you, Ryan? Have you had a crying moment, a breakdown or anything? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, those first four, five, six months, the whole time, it still just felt like the science experiment that is IVF and infertility and just like being careful and cautiously optimistic, like we've said so many times about it. So, I mean, it's definitely kicked in the past month with all we've done. So it, it feels real now, but I don't think the tears will come will come until she's here. But yeah. it's weird too being, you know, doing this book and, and being part of this whole, you know, community now. And then mm-hmm. you feel weird that you're pregnant. You feel so lucky and strange about it. You know, today that they were recording is National Rainbow Baby Day and yeah. just what do I post about this? And in this position where now, you know, I have yeah. a decent amount of followers and this book out there, it's, it's strange because you feel so bad for so many other people that are still going through it, but um, yeah. you have to be happy for yourself. So I would say the past month it started, it started to feel real, but it would be interesting if we never went through this, what pregnancy would feel like if we had never been infertile in the beginning of yeah. different, our emotions would be around it all, but yeah, definitely there. The nerves. Well, I went through that with, because my daughter, I didn't have infertility. So, and that was just like, I'm pregnant. Like I was so that happy. So I didn't have any yeah. of the anxiety. It's such a different Yeah. I want to like, how, how is that? Like, yeah. What is your life like without it's, worrying? Yeah. It's, it's like ignorance is bliss almost, yeah. you know, you, you have no idea how, how many other people have it so hard, so many different stories. And Ryan, you have to write now, finally a pregnancy and fatherhood book for dudes. 
exactly about the second part of the journey. And then you're going to just have to series. Yeah, there might be. I fully endorse it. I think there should be. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time. You guys are both so awesome. And Katie, I'm so glad that you found us and that you're part of the rally fam that you both are. Before we wrap, tell me guys, what do you, for people listening right now, what do you guys wish you would have known at the very beginning of, of your story that you might be able to share with somebody? I would say communicate with your partner. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if it's the littlest things, be open to communication and then find even if it's like one friend or like I found fertility rally, you can't do this alone. I tried for two years and then I just, I was like a depressed mess. Mm -hmm. And I also learned a lot from fertility rally because that's when I um, advocated to get the receptiva test, Mm -hmm. the ERA. And, you know, who knows if I wouldn't have had that support system, what I would have done. Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't have had those tests. Yeah, right. support huge for you and fertility rally. I mean, I've yeah. seen a change in you from yeah. all that. Way more confident with like speaking up about what I need for my like any procedures or mm-hmm. the baby. Yeah. And I would say for me, just learning how hard it is to get pregnant and setting expectations has been the biggest thing I would say to people is just be prepared with what you're going through. I mean, some of the procedures Katie had to go through and we were expecting her to go back to work that day was just so dumb looking back at it. Setting expectations with IVF, with IVUIs, it just, you know, there's not um, unnecessary heartbreak when you mm-hmm. did the wrong expectations. So research yeah. what you're going through, be prepared to to deal with what's ahead and just do the best you can to, to research what, what you may have to experience in the, during your journey. Cause that was definitely a big thing. There were so many shocks that were just so unnecessary for us. Thank you everybody for listening. Thank you to Katie and Ryan. Cannot wait to see pictures of your babe. You guys, I can't appreciate you guys enough. I can't thank you enough. I do appreciate you is what I'm trying to say. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, I want you guys to join Fertility Rally if you're looking for a safe space to land. It is our community. We've got four support groups a week. We've got three private Facebook groups. We are doing IRL and virtual events all the time. It is what I wish I had when I was going through it. It's this badass sisterhood. And it's just the thing that makes all the difference to me for people who are going through this. So give yourself the gift of support. Check out our membership. It's open now through September 8th. And you can check us out on Instagram at Fertility Rally, or you can go to our website, fertilityrally.com. You can also DM me if you have any questions at Infertile AF Stories. And also, if you have two seconds to rate and review the podcast, that really helps us get noticed too. So thanks so much. You guys are awesome. I'll talk to you next time.